Hi, and welcome to the Just Riding Along Show. Hello and welcome to episode 61. Tonight's show is brought to you by One Piece Stupid. That's right. One Piece of Stupid. We'll get to that later. You can bet your biffy we come back to that rock. All three of them making puns before we even get into this in earnest because I'm already speaking. I'm going to go through what I did this week and I'm going to do it quickly. I rode outside. I rode inside. I rode my motorcycle. I rode my motorcycle. I rode inside. I rode my motorcycle. And then I rode inside a few more times. Uh, We haven't recorded like we're recording off of our normal schedule. I'm not exactly sure. I know I rode the moto three times and I rode the trainer three or four times in the last week. Uh, Yeah, not so much. The weather was kind of weird a day or two. Uh, It got super rainy here and we lost power. That's why we're not recording on the correct day uh, because then things were still being weird later. Um, But with that said, been riding the motorcycle, been trying to run less pressure because Kenny made fun of it. I don't like the way a soft front tire feels on the trials moto. I've gotten down to like seven in the rear. Well, I don't know about that. No, wait, you're running more pressure or less? In the front or rear? I don't know. I mean, I mean, I probably made fun of you for a good reason. Maybe I asked like how much pressure you're running and you said 30 or you said like four. I said 10. Okay, that's really low. That's why you ding-donged your rim. No, it's not. <laughs> I think it actually exactly is. Uh, but go, go on, continue. It's not like it, if I had pinch-flatted my tube, that would make sense because I wasn't running enough pressure or if I rolled my tire off the rim. But when you smoke a rock hard enough to dent your rim without pinching your tire. It probably just means it's a well-designed rim and tire. Maybe. I don't know. I was running like 10 in the front and 10 in the rear, and I'm down to 7 in the rear now. Jeez. I mean, it is a trials bike. I get it. But if you're going to like ride trails on your trials bike, you probably I'll, need to run I'll a bump couple it back more up. pissies. No, that's just been for, for general yard playing. I only hit one tree this week, so that was pretty good. I was in the air, though, so that was bad. <laughs> nice. Nice. So you're really good at the motorcycle now? No, not at all. I hit a tree in the air. That doesn't mean that that's the opposite of good. I think that's called sarcasm, Kenny. You were being a dickhead. No, I really wasn't. I'm just expecting you all this motorcycle riding that you're now really good at it. I mean, I'm getting to where I can ride wheelies for like 25 or 30 feet long uphill and I can kind of like, I don't know what it's called when you like leave a foot on the ground and then like do a little wheelie turnaround thing. I can do those like consistently one way, but not consistently the other way sick which is really weird because on my bmx bike i would like spin in the air to the right but i'm really good at doing these to the left and before the peanut gallery is like well you can keep your right foot on the rear brake when you're going left that's that's not the issue that i'm running into there's like some fundamental like breakdown that i'm running into when trying to turn right and it has nothing to do with the brake not my foot not being on the brake because i give no shits i will let go of that motorcycle and let it smash into the ground in an instant i do not care um self-preservation is high with me so um i just need like i need to get some bigger logs and things because i've got a log that's like 12 inches tall and i can go over that really easily now so i want something that it's like bigger and harder but i need to like go get some so real first world problems you know i think that's really all i've done this week this is the longest no one has talked ever i know i was about to say are you there um (laughs) i mean i'm just trying to not do the thing where i ramble for like 20 minutes at the beginning and be like i'm the most important man in the world hear me talk so uh what what have you been up to i've been doing all the things uh riding motorcycles they're still really cool Gonna go ride motorcycles again tomorrow with other people. This morning, I rode motorcycle trails, but on the mountain bike, and that was a lot of fun. And been getting up early, which is insane, like five a.m. early, and riding when it's slightly dark out, and like doing a climb here locally, and then doing mountain bike things. Pretty cool. It's pretty nice out right now. Are you actually like getting fit again? I wouldn't say that. I ride an e-bike, but like you know, uh, riding bikes again, it's fun. I mean, it's still not free. No, it's not like it, but it's more, you know, handling skills and putting down power for three seconds and that kind of stuff. But overall, actual real fitness, I don't really have a ton, but I never really had a ton even back in the day. So anyway, yeah, bikes are fun. 
Oh, I have one really interesting observation that I think everyone's going to be like, no shit, Sherlock. Um, <laughs> so my motorcycle has three power modes. You know, like most electric things have some type of, you know, assist level, right? Mm, uh, yeah. And I'd been cruising this in the most uh, tame, right? Um, and it's it's really weird now that I'm, and again, I know this sounds really dumb to say out loud, but it's like I needed to get comfortable riding it. And now that I'm comfortable handling it and, and riding it from like a, let's say, like just normal cruising around and whatnot standpoint, putting it in like the middle mode makes doing some of those harder moves so much easier because it does so much more work for you. So like you want to loft the front wheel up in the middle mode, like it it happens faster because there's better throttle response and stuff. So it's really neat. I feel like there's a depth of things to still learn with that. So I'm pretty excited about it. That's going to be a problem with electric motorcycles going forward. That's going to be probably their biggest issue. Everything else is going to be overcome, I think, no problem. But especially these motorcycles that are going to be really light and make a ridiculous amount of power, uh, like the Stark Farg. So you're talking 60 horsepower, but all with a turn of a throttle. So the problem, like in a gas bike, you can just click it into whatever gear you want, and it kind of artificially makes it an easier riding mode, right? Like as long as you're not going to stall the motor, just click it down into third and like kind of go do 10 mile an hour stuff. And it's going to be fine. Right, because you've got it a little bit bogged. But this is going to make power everywhere. Everywhere, all the time. So, And reading the reviews and watching the videos of the Stark Farg, that seems to be a big issue, is people just couldn't wrap their head around, I've got all the power all the time. I've got, I I guess you could call it first gear power, but at all speeds, at all times. And that's going to be something... They're going to have to get really good at programming. Maybe it needs to be speed dependent where it doesn't roll on actual full power until you're actually physically going faster. Um, I don't know. So that'll be an interesting one to tackle because most everybody asked the Stark people to turn it down because it was too much. Yeah, I I think I've talked about this before and I've given a distance and I don't I never remember if it's a quarter mile each way to my mailbox. So it's a half mile round trip or if it's a half mile each way to my mailbox i can never remember but the point is is i had to go to the mailbox and it's further than walking distance quickly right i had to run before work the other day and drop off some ebay like some small ebay packages so they could go out and i was like cool and it was pretty cold um it's been pretty chilly here it was under 40 this morning uh but this morning it was like 44 degrees so i just threw on like a heavier jacket slapped on my helmet because i'm a good boy and I hopped on the motorcycle with a like little pack on so I could just run up there real quick. And I clicked that bad boy into the middle mode and like rallied over there. And on the way back, I put it in like full turbo mode. And literally, I rolled off the throttle to crest this little blind hill on my road or on the road to my road. And I rolled back into the throttle from just letting off. And okay, there's no cars coming. The sun's not in my eye back to full wide open throttle and it lifted the front wheel a little bit and it was just like jesus it i wasn't even trying and it was just like okay cool you have all the power you want now and then when i turned onto my road i kind of like did the same thing expecting it though and it was just like yep i'm gonna lift the front wheel and go as fast as i will go immediately and it's just gnarly well, what's crazy is it obviously makes a lot of torque, but that thing makes like, what, 15 horsepower or something like that? I don't know. Is that right? I think it's like 15. So imagine four times that, that or quadruple that. Like, holy crap. It's, yeah, it's going to be crazy. Stupid. All right, well, that's a lot of motorcycle talk. Um, I think we talked about what we've both been doing. Is there anything else new? I've definitely not put any new parts on my bike. Everything is working great. Uh, yeah. I think that's it. Should we just jump right into questions and such? Sounds like this might be a little bit of a short episode. Uh, questions are, I don't have any. So <laughs> Okay, really short episode. Well, I'm sure we could dig some stuff up. There's one thing that someone sent over on Patron Slack. Uh, curious what you think about in this video. And I didn't get a, I, I never watched the video because I was going to watch the video before recording. And now we're recording. And I haven't watched the video because I'm a dickhead. 
pretty much what this thing is saying is like running a little bit more air pressure gives you less sag, which makes the fork more supple because it sits at a different point in the travel, et cetera, et cetera. And I didn't watch the video, but I mean, to speculate, if you can run less tokens and you can run more air because you don't have as many tokens, if we're working from bottom out, if you're well, I running- I guess what they're saying is if your tire is acting as a little bit of suspension, then your suspension is doing slightly less suspension things, right? No, they're saying running more air in the suspension makes it more supple. Oh, I thought they were saying something about tire pressure related to how what the fork is doing. No. Okay, oh, so God. one more hit me one more time with the sag and the pressure numbers then. Oh, hold on. Oh. Oh, did you have Ugh. a dick in your mouth? What's going on over there? Uh, no, I think my tea bag must have been a little ripped because I just took my last drink of tea while you were talking and there was some grounds or some some stuff in my mouth from it, so no, oh. that was it delicious. Was the, it was the same sound as a dick, perhaps being in and around your mouth. Well, there's no dicks in my mouth. God, that's going to be the name of the show. No dicks in my mouth. Uh, so the person is saying if you run less sag, so more air pressure, you end up with a more supple ride. If you run more sag, no, which more is, air, less sag, more plush. Uh, I mean, I'm going to disagree with that, but okay. I didn't watch the video, so in very Matt, I'm going to give my own counter-argument, right, to you that kind of agrees with this point. If you've been running way too many tokens, so you have to run way too little air so you can use full travel, then I would agree that removing tokens and adding air and getting to a point where you're not over-volume spacered, it'll probably have you in a better place. And the reason I say that is... You would be sitting at a different point in the travel, and the negative chamber could help longer. And then the positive chamber is technically larger, so the positive chamber would be would have less change in the first few, like like the first inch of travel. Yeah, I guess it's all possible. It would it's going to vary greatly depending on what tokens you're running, what brand fork you're running, what year it is, like how you know where the negative chamber cuts off and how big the negative chamber is and a zillion other things. So as a blanket statement, I would say I wouldn't say that. I will say this. Most people probably don't have their rebound set correctly, so start there. <laughs> Think that's a good answer for that question type thing? Sure. Maybe a different thing is I think a lot of riders should not stare at the internet about their suspension. We've talked about this before. If you rode your bike in a vacuum and you didn't know that the four-sprung ramp control SL Ultimate 96, whatever, existed, you wouldn't be like, oh, I need that for my fork, right? So if you have a modern fork and you have the correct number of volume spacers that the factory puts in for whatever amount of travel you have, um, it's going to be correct. So unless you are riding at some extreme Maybe you have to compensate because you weigh 100 pounds or you weigh 300 pounds or you go fast enough that uh, you're on TV. Then maybe you need to do something different. But even then, probably not. Sure. Yeah. I. Or if you just know what you want, that's fine. But if you watch some video on the internet and then you drink three beers and go and do this to your fork and you're like, holy <laughs> shit, this is the best ever. The placebo effect is real. And just remember yeah. that. Like, oh, it feels different. Like, well, yeah, it does feel different. Um, There's some new stuff we probably hate. Do you want to hate on some new stuff and not hate on some other new stuff? Sure, I'll start. Uh, Three rock components, one piece stem. But uh, it's purple. Why? Why? Oh, it's green. Okay, so it's anodizing colors. We've been doing that for 20 years. Why would we intentionally make it difficult to install a handlebar and guarantee that you're going to scratch the shit out of your nice, expensive carbon handlebar. I, I don't get it. I fully do not understand why you would do such a thing because it looks, because it looks different. It, it's so weird because maybe you could save a couple grams. Also, no matter what, this is going to make it now more expensive to manufacture because it's the billet that you're machining this from is bigger. So, um, okay, great. That, that's really silly. Yeah, I don't like it. 
You won't find one on my bike anytime soon. I remember, I think Richie had like a stem. It had a faceplate on it. The 240 stem. was so tiny that it was essentially a no faceplate stem. And it tore the shit out of customers' handlebars. And it also had three millimeter bolts on it. And I hated those things so much. Did it have three mil or did it have T25? They were three mil. But there was six of them, right? Or I don't know. Yeah, there were maybe like lots of bolts, or maybe they were T, maybe they were T20s. What, whatever they were, they were tinier than they should have been, and it was really annoying. So yes, I remember that. It was called the 240 because it had 240 degrees of contact. That sounds correct. Yes. I'm gonna do some live googling here. There was some marketing wank that went along with it, but turns out it's a really, really bad idea. Yeah, there it is. This the bar, and it was awesome when like the 240 stem scratched scratched up a Richie bar. You know, it wasn't <laughs> even like, hey, I'm trying to put the wrong stuff together here. It was yeah. like, yeah. yeah. How about these uh, these Moto Mag wheels? Those are hot. I like those a lot. Okay, not because was... they're not because they're particularly functional, uh, but they're freaking sweet. Wait a minute, what? They're three hundred dollars. That's amazing. Because they're cheap. That's awesome. They got big old chonkin simple bearings in them. 300 bucks that's really cool i like that they're extremely 80s looking which makes yeah, me happy it's like they didn't try to not make them 80s looking so i don't know i like those maybe you don't like them but i like them no i don't dislike them in any way um i, I think they're just they have a very niche purpose and um i I think that there's going to be people that buy those and leave them in the box, and that's totally fine. I mean, if for $300 you can be that excited, go for it. it there's way worse ways you could spend 300 bucks. It also sounds like, in general, we're probably going to see some new bikes from big manufacturers coming up really soon. So that'll Hold be on. cool. I got some bikes queued up. Okay. But before we get into bikes, I was going to go from the stem that was stupid to a product that's stupid for a reason. Does that make any sense? Mm, no, but uh, go on. That three rock stem is different for the sake of being different. It, it has no functionality, right? It doesn't offer anything in functionality. Your stem has a few less bolts, and people are going to be like, wow, your stem looks cool, right? Now, sure. something that I am actually really excited about, and I am not being sarcastic in any way. Oh, man, I just I closed the tab for it. Shoot, hold on. Because I don't want to get the name wrong. Um, the new Jet 180 millimeter rear wheel. I'm really excited about that. And I'm not being sarcastic. I mean, are you saying you like it because it's better than an actual full solid disc wheel? I would agree wholeheartedly with that. It's better because it solves a problem. And the problem is you can't run a full disc at some races. So Head was like, screw you. We'll just make one that's not a full disc, but it's a full disc, but it's not a full disc. So <laughs> I don't know why someone didn't do this before, number one. Uh, number two, I love the fact that this now has spokes. So if five years from now something changes and you need to change a free hub length and you need to redish your rear disc wheel, screw you, you can't. If you need to redish this wheel, you can. It's going to be possible. It has spokes. You can move the hub relative to the rim and adjust it for any upcoming changes that, and I don't think anything's going to change anytime soon, but if it does, it's a little bit more future-proof. Uh, yeah. Like, I don't know, don't know really what else to say about this. Like, I'm really excited because they looked at, like, that stem just solves, like, a product. It's like they wanted to sell something, right? This is like, hey, there's a hole in the market where people want really deep wheels, but the rules say you can't ride a full disc. So we're just going to make a stupidly deep wheel, and we're going to sell it, and we're going to make money because companies like to make money. So it solves a real problem, and I actually like that. I have no use for a wheel over 50 millimeters deep or even at 50 millimeters deep personally, but it's neat to see. So Yeah, my whole problem with that is I just don't, agree with the amount of time and money and effort that people will put into proving that they're better at exercising than somebody else yeah i'm okay with it <laughs> like they're gonna spend their money on something right yeah at least they're not spending their money on like i don't know high fence lion hunts or something terrible i just 
the amount of terrible times I've had dealing with TT bikes. I just like not trying to be funny or stereotypical bike shop person, but I just I hate those things to my core. They're so bad to work on and people take such poor care of them. You know, the problem is, is the TT bike is like a tool. It's not, you know, a mountain biker, they love their mountain. That's why that stem's going to sell. Mountain bikers love to fiddle with their stuff. They want to ride their bike. They want to read reviews about trails. They want to watch videos about trails. They want to listen to dickheads talking to microphones about mountain bikes. I get it. And they want to sit in their garage and they want to install their new stem. That's fine. They love their mountain bikes. Triathletes are like, okay, I got to swim. I got to do this ride. And then I got to do this run. And they jam their bike in the garage, and they're like, shit, I need to go ride. i got to put air in the tires. I'll lube the chain next time and rinse and repeat until three days before race day. They shit in their pants, and they want their bike to work. Yeah, that's an, I think that's pretty accurate. Because it's a tool. But my dad's a gunsmith, and he's worked on shotguns that duck hunters have paddled boats with. So I think every industry has like a certain user group that treats their things more like tools and less like a, an extension of the sport or the hobby, if you will. Uh, now do you want to talk about bikes? Sure. What bikes do you think are coming? Well, I don't want to actually say, so maybe we'll wait, but I oh. just have a, I just have a feeling that there will be some new bikes coming very soon. Oh, well, I mean, I thought you were going to talk about the new Yetis. Uh, no. Okay, well, there's new Yetis, so. Uh, cool, what do they do? Uh, I don't know, there's spy shots from EWS Crans Montana, and, you yeah. I, people riding them at a televised public event? Yeah, that's, I've already been through this on the internet <laughs> once, like, a spy uh, shot would be. A spy shot might be, like, I, you know, I put my camera up to the, you know, window of the engineering office of Yeti and saw something that would be a spy shot or not not a sponsored athlete is actually on the bicycle and racing it at a full public event or like i saw some folks in golden riding a bike with a switch link that didn't have decals on it and it was running a 38 at what looked to be 170 or 180 like i think the sb150 is going to get bigger but yeah, when Richie Rude rolls up to a race with a painted Yeti that hangs out under the Yeti tent and then gets raced that weekend, it's not a spy shot. That's a soft launch or a buzz generator. That's that's it's annoying as hell that we call them spy shots. Um, so there's that. There is what else can I talk about that I know that I don't know? There's a lot of other bikes on the market that are long in the tooth. Um, the tall boy and, and Joplin got updated but not updated this last week. So now they have Heidi Hole lunch money boxes or whatever the hell they call it in the down tube. I don't care anymore. I don't give a shit what brand it is. It's a swap box. It it doesn't matter if it's a Coke or not. It's a Coke. You know, like, I don't care anymore. Specialized was first. It's a swap box. Doesn't matter what brand fun, it is. A fun game to play would be looking at a side picture of different Santa Cruzes and trying to figure out uh, what of the last three generations or four generations of that bike it is and what model. Because I don't know that anyone would actually know what what the bike is. All of them or just get some of them? I don't know. I'm just thinking it would be a fun game of here's a side picture of a Santa Cruz. Tell me what generation and what model it is. Oh, Because I sure it. as hell couldn't do it. If you help me cheat, I could probably do some. If you ask me which generation of fill in the blank it is, I could probably tell. Like Tall Boys, I know all the Tall Boys, because um, Tall Boy One was essentially like a beefed up Superfly. Tall Boy Two still had a rear uh, single strut. Tall Boy Three was one by only, so it got a strut on both sides, like between the chainstay and the seat stay. And then Tallboy 4 is just, you know, the low shock version. But outside of that, I would really struggle um, because I don't look at those bikes. You know, I, I look at Tallboys. Tallboys are, like, close to me, you know. But, yeah. Like, anyway, just a, just a fun observation. They all look the same to me. But that's good also, right? Like, they have a kind of, like, brand image. You never doubt when you see a Santa Cruz if it's a Santa Cruz, right? Yeah, I'd be like, oh, cool, man. That's a nice brand 
Bronson Tall Boy. I actually have no idea what bike you're riding. A Braun Mad Tower. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, and no one should be surprised that Yeti is launching new bikes. Uh, we talked about this last year, but like those bikes launched in 18 for a 19, 20, 21, and 22 model year bike. The fact that they're just now launching new bikes, like it should have happened last year. Because Yeti launched a pretty conservative bike last time. It wasn't weird. It wasn't ultra long, low, and slack. It was a fine riding bike. I love the SB130. I love the SB150 as well. Um, I really liked the 130. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm not surprised. And I think that there's a lot of other old bikes out there. And Kenny doesn't have to agree with me, but they've updated the Levo, but they didn't update the Stumpy, right? I mean, like, come on. It's... It's not rocket surgery, right? Well, I mean, yes and no. There was a new, the new Stumpy and the new Levo got launched at the same time. What year was that? Last year. We have, uh, we have Stumps with no, or heck, that was probably two years ago. The oh. Flex Day Stump Jumper, the Short Travel, and then the Stump Jumper Evo. And then the Full Power Levo got an update last year. Oh, 20, okay. yeah, 22s. Uh, so... We're going to start getting 23 models, but that was the mullet bike. That's based on the new Stump Jumper Evo frame with the little flip chippies and the headset flippers. But they have not updated the Levo SL. So the Levo SL is probably due for an update. Got it. What about Epic? That bike's been the same for a few years now as well, right? So Epic, I have to use... I have to go reverse in my in my brain here. So the first generation of the RockShox brain was 18. So 18, 19, 20, which means that the revision was 21. And that's when we got the like truly new Epic Evo. That's not just, you know, a different an overstroke and a dropper. Exactly. So that was 21. So we've had it for 21 and 22. So more than likely, we're going to still get a 23 model and probably won't be updated until 24 would be my educated guess. But would that be? But that's only Epic Evo really got tweaked, right? Did they change the Epic in twenty? They changed the Epic as well in twenty one. So it oh, went okay. to a gen, yeah, generation two Rockshox brain. It's a totally different frame, different geo, uh, different shock, very different bike. S- same like idea for sure. They didn't go off the deep end with it, but they made it you know a little bit lower, slacker, longer, all that stuff, and they have a rear shock that's more reliable. Well, that's good. Um, yep. hmm. I know of a bike that I want to be updated, but I really just want the entire Canada lineup to be new and relevant. <laughs> yeah, I, it's not just you. Their their road bikes and gravel bikes are beautiful, but I'm I I if I never had to talk about AI offset again, I'd be a very happy man. That's number one. Uh, and number two, if I mean I don't matter, right? But, like, I won't even consider a scalpel because I can't share wheels with it. I mean, I think that's the benchmark of modern-day mountain bikes is can you just put a wheel in the bike? And you can't. Lefty aside, because you can – I mean, the new frames are, are tapered because the new lefty Ocho is is no longer a, a dual-clamp fork. But still, you can slap a sit in the front, but you, you can't just the, – the offset of the rear wheel is all wonky. So, I don't like it. Um, anything else that, well, you don't want to say, I'm trying, so now I have to just guess at the industry. All of Orbea's stuff is pretty new. Um, Rocky stuff is really new. Uh, I think that kind of crosses off everything I can think of. So, I mean, we're on the way. New stuff should be cool. Um, Yeti is most probably launching those bikes. Uh, the other thing is, is I don't know who's going to launch it. I can't think of like a what I want to call like a strategic partner with them, but there's been spy shots of a SRAM e-mountain bike. Um, and I listened to a podcast today where very clunkily, the it was the psychology podcast. I don't know who the host is, but it was with Stan Day and Ken, the CEO guy, and very clunky, the host was like, have you ever considered making an e-mountain bike? And it's like, dude, there's 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 spy shots of that shit out already. Like, I get it. He slid you a note across the table and is like, I want to mention an e-mountain bike. Like, it was about as smooth as sandpaper. Um, and then even the answer was just, 
if there's something we think that we can do compelling, blah, blah, blah. It wasn't even a good, there's nothing we're not working on. Come on. So and who was that? Stan Day? Yeah, it was just not a very smooth interaction. I didn't interaction. even think that he was like still involved with the company. I thought well, I mean, he stepped down for some reason. He's still the founder of SRAM. So he still okay. gets like, I mean, it'd be like if Mike Senior was on a podcast. It's not like he was banished from Specialized. He's just not running the ship anymore. I'm sure he's still got his hands in the honeypot, you know. If Mike asks you, like, what you working on, you're probably going to tell him. I want to ride one of those. Sure thing, Mike. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that Mike or Stan gets told no. Sure. In that sense. Um, that sounded really creepy. Stan gets what Stan wants. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I just can't think of the brand that's probably going to, like, bring that to market. Can you? Well, who would you guess? On new bikes? If you had to guess, like, which brand launches an e-bike built around a SRAM motor, who would it be? Ooh, that's actually a really good question. I don't know. I do not know. Yeah, who would? who is a really strong SRAM partnership? I mean, kind of everybody now, right? Like, who specs Shimano drivetrains on their bikes anymore? Orbea? Rocky? Yeah. Somebody has to buy Shimano. I'm just kind of shocked at just how bad the Shimano stuff is. It's really, it's kind of sad. It, I mean, we talked about this a million times, but they took a step back with 11-speed mountain and then an even, even bigger step back with the 12-speed mountain. It's crazy. From the benchmark of like 10-speed XTR. It was so good. It was like really good. And yeah, I mean, I still work on, I do tune-ups on bikes that have nine speed and 10 speed Shimano XTR level stuff. And they shift like really good. Even the triples, which were really cool, like three by 10 mountain. I actually didn't hate. I don't think it was the dumbest thing in the world. Um, now granted Shimano also had like a pretty compelling, the front derailleur on the 11 speed stuff, that little side swingy thing, that thing was legit with the cable saw built in. Yeah. That thing was so good. But anyway, I've just worked on so many bikes recently with horrendous problems on 12-speed uh, Shimano Mountain. And it's like, it's so sad. Just, it just makes me sad. Yeah. Uh, but sorry, we deviated from the question. I don't know who would well, run a SRAM, a SRAM drivetrain. They'd have to be foolish to not get involved in it because, I mean, holy crap. E-bikes are getting humongous. And you got all kinds of new players to the game that are not scared to... Just do it. You got that EQ brand who's in the new Fuel EXE. And by the way, I have ridden that. And we probably talked about it on a show. So if I already talked about it, I apologize. But basically, that Fuel EXE is actually silent. It makes no sense. When I say silent, I mean, if you crane your ear, you really can't even hear anything. Like, no hint of anything. It's insane. So, like, rally it down the trail. And, like, with trail noise, it's probably effectively silent. It is effectively silent. It's like uncanny. Makes no sense to me how in the world it's that quiet. Well, that's actually what I was going to say is I was going to start going through people that are out. Trek and Specialized are out. Trek is partnering up with EQ. It seems like Trek's thing is they're trying to make it where their bikes are quiet, right? Like that's kind of their move now is like our bikes are going to be quiet. Specialized has their own branding, right? So... Well, they do and they don't. So they partnered with Bros, uh, and they're pretty heavily invested in Bros. So Bros makes the first gen full power motor, and that was also in the Comos and the Vados. And they made the full power second gen motor, uh, including the one that was super failure prone. And now they're also making the third gen full power motor. And then their Levo SL right now uses Molly M A H L E. So a totally different partner. And Specialized has all their special sauce on it. Like it, they have the same little TCU controller and buttons and they work on both brands. So Specialized is definitely the middleman there, like making the software and the looks and all that stuff the way they want. But they're not actually making the motor. So I wonder, are they going to try to make their own motor? Um, I'm just wondering what the new Levo SL is going to be. Are they going to pair up with EQ? Did they just get a demo of it and were like, holy crap, that is... That makes no sense. It's so quiet. I don't know. Uh, all right. Um, hmm. Who else is involved? I don't think it's going to be Giant. I don't think Giant is interesting. 
Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, Giant hasn't really been interesting since the beginning of time. I wish they were. Um, you know, it's a solid brand. They make perfectly fine products, and they make everything from the top to the bottom, and kids' bikes, and they've got a fine, like, catalog. But yeah, nothing they have is ultra, like, unique. It's yeah, all like they're, perfect, perfectly acceptable stuff. Their XC bike still uses a 27.2 seat post because who needs a dropper, right? Like, it, it just... <laughs> are, are, you, are you being for real right now? I'm 100% for real. Fuck clean off. There's no way Dude, that they have a 27.2 seat post. You are if, a crazy if person. I could remember what that bike was called. Uh, So the Giant Anthem, right? Yeah, Giant Anthem. No, I'm I, I'm looking this up right now. Sorry, listeners. This is insane. This is the biggest news in 2022. Yeah, we're going to the website right now. Jeez. There's there's no way that that is possible. Uh, That looks like a big C-post to me. Hold on. I'm looking at specs here. Specs. Giant contact, 27.2. Oh, my God. You are correct, sir. You know why that, that C-post looks so big? Because that top tube is like the size of a pencil. Wow, that is crazy. How could you do that? 27.2 post, one bottle, 2022. Still has a front <laughs> derailleur mount. You see that front derailleur mount on there? <laughs> yeah, I sure do. Okay, so maybe that bike is due for an update. I'm not a giant dealer, so I have no idea. But surely, right? Like It's got to be, man. Like, there's I feel like that World Anthem, Cups on this. That Anthem's been out since, what, 20... About the 11? time of the... R- it came out uh, the same time as the RKT. Came out about the same time that 29er Wheels did. Jeez, that is insane. Okay, so that is... If you want to see a company that's officially out of touch, uh, that is it. That's uh, crazy. So I want to throw something in, and then we can roll on to our next few things and call it. So it... It really makes me beg the question if it's going to be a smaller player. Like, and I'm a fanboy now. Um, I've compared it in Matt's Week in Review. I've written one. I like it. Uh, but YT, I wonder if somebody like YT is going to come in and, like, because YT had some some flight attendant bikes. And YT is really big about putting together crazy builds with fancy SRAM parts. I wonder if this is just like a natural evolution of them where they're like, hey, we're updating our e bikes. And by the way, uh, here's a drivetrain you've never seen before bada bing bada boom yeah that could be cool It'd be really cool um canyon just launched a bunch of e-bikes so i don't think it would be canyon has the rail been updated recently great question i should know that but i don't think it has i want to say that maybe it's been updated it's got a different battery mount than it used to have so it got updated maybe last year or possibly even the year before I don't think we're due for a new rail, but I could be wrong. Because that would be the only thing there. The only thing there would be that there is an EWS Trek team that rides some SRAM parts. So I wonder if it would make sense for their EWS to have a rail, you know, a SRAM, E-SRAM equipped rail. Um, I don't know. So what is the Giant? I'm looking at the Giant e-bike. Is that a like an adaptation, if I can talk, of a bros motor? Or I don't know. I don't even know what the hell that thing is. It doesn't say. Anyway. It's so weird because I never... People ask me questions to compare like a Yeti to a Santa Cruz, a Trek to a Specialized, blah, blah. I very rarely talk to someone that rides a Giant, which is weird because they're they're out out there. there. Yeah. they, They sell a decent amount of them. Who's buying them? I don't know. I mean, Frank rides one. This thing's crazy. This thing's got all kinds of dingle dongles on the suspension and stuff. I didn't know they still did that. It's got like some Fox Electronicals going on here. Mm. I thought that got discontinued a long time ago. Maybe they just haven't sold them all yet. (laughs) What in the heck are they doing over there at Giant? Where'd they find this stuff? This is bizarre to me. That is a new Fox fork with the swoopy arch with some Electronicals going into the top of it and a sensor on the crown. All right, I can't handle this. (laughs) uh wow that's anyway that's insane we're we're extremely off topic at this point so on topic race face launches a new turbine crank i'm sure it will be fine yep a little bit narrower q factor a little bit lighter it's lighter than gx eagle alloy it would be cooler if it was dub sure that's all i have to say about that but all the race face stuff is fine 
I've run the race face 30 mil cranks and their BSA bottom brackets are fine. They actually are able to fit uh, full size bearings in those, not in the uh, PF92. Press, press fit 92s, you're fucked. Like those will Poor not last sandwiches. at all. But the BSA threaded one, they're fine. And all the press fit 30, BB30, they're totally fine. And yeah, race face cranks are perfectly, perfectly fine. Bunch of people make rings for them. They're pretty light. They look pretty good. Yeah. All right. I got a trainer question for you. Um, Saris has a new trainer coming out, the H4, and they've dropped the price on the old H4. They're calling it the H3, et cetera, et cetera. Um, sure. This is the thing that I don't understand, and maybe since you're a little bit more tech savvy, maybe you can help me understand this. Uh, sure. What's up? How is a trainer limited on the incline it can simulate if it doesn't move your front wheel? Yeah, I think it's just a pure software limitation. So, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know. That doesn't really make any sense to me. So unless I'm missing something, now the amount of power that it can resist essentially is a real thing. Like there's, it can only dissipate so much power essentially. So if it's a thousand watts or 1200 watts or 2000 watts or whatever. 2000 on the H3 and 2300 on the H4. But okay. they had the H three and the H four have a different uh uh can't think of the name of it like maximum grade and I it just hurts my brain because I'm like and that doesn't make any sense to me because they can make it as hard for you to pedal as they choose they can make it up to twenty three hundred watts hard to pedal I guess that's what I was wondering like you said a software limitation which makes sense because if your wheel speed is X and your power is Y. It seems to me that like Zwift should be changing the the power, if you will. Like, oh, Zwift knows you weigh this much. Zwift knows you're going this fast. So Zwift me- needs to make this 35% hill this hard, right? Yeah, like, exactly. It's, so, so it's just, all that's just a bunch of math on the back end. So maybe what they're saying is if you have it in like completely dumb trainer mode, like, hey, I'm going to connect directly to my Saris trainer with like some Saris app or my phone or whatever. And I just want to like pedal my bike and set how steep the hill is that I'm going to go up. That's purely a software limitation, but maybe they had it set at, you know, I don't know. (laughs) They had it set at 15% or something like that. And that was all you had and it maxed out, right? So maybe they just added some levels to that, right? That's my guess. I have no idea because that doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking is I was like it, it the, the trainer doesn't make the hill like the computer is making the hill. But yeah, if you're talking directly to the trainer, then maybe the computer in the trainer is making the hill. Um the hills are in the computer. Holy shit. Um cool. That's pretty much everything I have on my list. You want to run through our patrons and shut this thing down? Yeah, let's do it. Oh god, wait a minute. There's one more bike I wanted to talk about. Do you have time? Yeah, let's do it. The Shand Ioma 58-degree head tube angle hardtail. Uh, uh, sick. I'm going to type this in. It's called the Sham, as in uh, like ShamWow? No, like S-Hand. Oh, Shand. Okay. Yeah, Shand Ioma. I-O-M-A. For those of you at home, don't type this in while you're driving. Okay. Uh Oh, God. Page not found. It's a, oh, okay. That's a, that's a bummer. They must have taken it down because it was a joke. It's on. Uh, it's it's on the rumor. Okay. It looks broken. Yeah, I mean it's it's a grim donut hardtail. The problem is when you you're gonna start running into an issue where I mean let's say you don't snap the frame in half and let's say you could somehow manage to get it to handle okay. You could probably get it to handle okay in slow speed if you ran like a sixty millimeter offset or something like that but the fork's not going to activate when you hit bumps it's just going to bend that's the problem we've well we've talked about that before um did they really take that thing down yeah it's not on their website i wonder if i don't know they got made fun of too much the problem is is the the reach is really short um which i don't understand you know I don't want to be mean, but the head tube's going to snap off. And well, you're going to have a really bad time. We talked about this a long time ago, and or 
as I was starting to say when I found the website was broken, as you can type. Um, Dickie ran into this. He listens, I think. So if you're out there, hey, Dickie. Um, he doesn't like slack head tube angles because when he is riding rigid and your front wheel hits something, it like drives it up the fork instead of deflecting the fork, which you want your rigid fork to deflect. But in theory, though, this should soak up bumps really well because essentially the the axle or the the stanchion path and the bike wheel, like the the path of momentum, are approaching the same, right? Relative to like a seventy one degree head tube angle, does that make sense? It does, but surprisingly enough, what you find on an actual real bicycle, you should try it sometime. Like hit small bumps. Um, or even like, especially small step downs. It's the whole issue. I wonder what the virtual head tube angle reduction ends up being with the trust fork. Could probably semi figure that out. But I swear yeah, I that know it's got to take like ten degrees out of like the path of your stanchions. So well, that's the that other thing, thing I was going to bring up. That thing rode horrible. Like I really disliked that fork when I rode it. It, as long as you left the front wheel on the ground, the truss rode amazing. That's true, yes. But as soon as your front wheel left the ground, it was, it's all over. <laughs> um, so when I was working at Wheat Ridge, we ran into this where a customer would come in with like an SB6 carbon. And the original SB6 did not have an integrated headset. It had internal cups. Um, and the bike would be meticulous, right? And creak like the Dickens. And what was really confusing is a bike would come in with like 40 winter park days on it and be absolutely thrashed and silent. And what we kind of speculated, hypothesized was the dude that was shredding the hell out of that bike, he was riding the bike in a way where the impacts happened along essentially the stanchion path. But sure. when Mr. Smithers rode the bike and babied it, it's what you're talking about is every time he fell off of a bump, he like landed and the wheelbase tried separating. And yeah. what we'd have to do is remove the headset cups, clean them, put it back together, instantly silent bike. And it wasn't like, oh, the headset is the head tubes deformed. It's a faulty frame. It, it's just like dirt. It, it pride on it and dirt got in there and it started making noise so it was really weird um what are your thoughts there is that kind of what you were going for is like the bikes the 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 wheel movement is actually going to try to rip the bike apart instead of move the fork yeah when that front wheel comes down onto stuff like dropping off of roots dropping off of rocks which when you descend on a mountain bike i don't know how you ride but like terribly i dent rims (laughs) that happens to me a lot like i you you drop the front wheel off of stuff, right? Uh, so, you know, plenty of times my front wheel is going down first and then the back kind of does whatever. I'm not like keeping the, I'm not, I don't know how you, what you call that. I'm not well, like here, let me, let me hop in. Jumping, jumping down and keeping the angle of my bike exactly the same. Like, yes, drop down, even out, drop down, even out. But the drop down portion happens first. So, yeah, if you have a ridiculous head tube angle, it is going to be the harshest, most obnoxious thing in the world. Well, and even, I think what you're talking about too is if you were ripping down a trail and there was a, like, essentially a curb that you were going to launch off of, you probably would land kind of both wheels at the same time. But when you're going down, and that's very, that's common, but not nearly as common as there's a route crossing the trail. So your front tire kind of bumps over the route. So then your your front wheel lifts up a little bit. And then your rear wheel hits it, and it kind of tomahawks the front wheel into the ground. And, like, the front wheel hits at that sort of, like, accelerated around the rear axle motion. That's very common. Um, Because, like, yeah, you're not going to jump every route so you land both wheels at once. That's just not feasible. You think those situations are going to be what's pulling this bike apart? I would think so, yeah. Here's another thing I want to throw in here just to blow your mind, though. Um, it's a hardtail. So if we're running a fork that big, what happens when it sags? Because it's not going to ride at 58 or 60 degrees. Yeah, and maybe that's why you can 
get away with gnarlier slacker head tube angles on a hardtail than you can with a full suspension. I think that's probably a, maybe that's a reasonable thing, but I would assume, I mean, full suspension bike should be, yeah, I mean, it's, it's very possible. Very possible. I'm bummed their site doesn't work. Or actually, maybe it does. Hold on. I can go to bikes. But the bike doesn't live under mountain bikes for some reason. Hmm. Is it an adventure bike? No, I, I couldn't find it on their website. Hmm. Bummer. Yeah, maybe that was like a joke. It looks real. <laughs> it has, for some reason, why does it have a braze on rear arch thing? That seems really weird to me. I don't know. That's how they did it. <laughs> Uh, it's like they anyway. forgot to order those and then just added them on later. Yeah, they have a lot of broken pages. Who we are is broken as well. Um. All right. Well, there's that. I think it's an abomination. <laughs> uh. Okay. I think we should shut it down. Well, hold on. Let me run through patrons real quick. Okay. Real quick. So, ten dollars a month. We have Zach, Will, Tom, Ty, Scott, Sam, Ryan, Phil, Yo, Wang, Parker, Nicole, Nick. Ben from Mountain Bike Radio, Michael, Leland, Kevin, Ken, Josh, Josh, Josephine Exotic, Jeff, Jamie, sorry, I couldn't scroll, Jake, Green Giant, ho, 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 Gordon, G-Man, Frank, F that guy, Mark Kliegerman, uh, Ezra Trilogy, Evan, Clayton, Ryan, Brad, Bill, Alec, AJ, Aaron, then... Australians, we have Lead Out Sports, Josh and Dean. Moving into 20, we got Troy, Six Pack Outdoors, Mike, Joe, Brady, Brad, Anthony, Affordable Trail Solutions, and at $30 a month, we have Harley. So with that, this has been episode 61, and I didn't write down the title, so, oh, something stupid. That's what it was. Not something stupid. That That is the title of the episode, I think, something stupid. Um, if not, now I'm the something stupid. So you've been listening. I don't think Andrea is going to be back next week. Maybe she will. Maybe she won't. Who knows? Who cares? We got the thing done. Until next time, ride safe and have fun. Thanks for tuning in to the Just Riding Along Show. There's some shit coming out of your great pads.